Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And it is five thirty on the mor- in the morning on the morning on Thursday, and so I have a little bit of a morning voice going. I apologize about that, but this is when I had time to record, so you get to enjoy the raspy tones of my voice. And like everything with this podcast, it'll probably get worse as we go along. So just be aware. And let's go ahead and move on to our news. Zeker is adopting Tesla's GigaPress style of manufacturing. I'm not sure if Geely, Zeker's parent company, will start using GigaPresses with all of their brands. I would imagine they would if it works out with Zeker. They're starting off with the Zeker 009. So that's fun. Good luck to you, Zeker. I think that's cool. All right, I'm going to admit this next story is going to be short and not very clarifying. Fisker Motors has partnered with battery company Ample, and through that partnership, they will build one Fisker Ocean model that will be able to swap batteries. We have a lot of new listeners, so just bear with me here. A battery swap is when the vehicle drives into a little building which is called a battery swap station. It removes the battery that needs to be charged, and then it replaces it with a battery that's freshly charged. It usually takes about five minutes. So this little feature will be awesome if you live next to an ample swap station and you want to own a Fisker Ocean, which I don't think is going to be very many people, just because I don't think there's going to be very many ample swap stations out there at the start anyway. The Ford Mach-E gets some price and range adjustments or updates. Updates is a better word. The standard range rear-wheel drive models now have a range of 250 miles, whereas the standard range all-wheel drive models have a range of 226 miles. All standard range battery packs will now be lithium-iron phosphate-based. So I'm just going to run through some prices real quick. The select rear-wheel drive standard range is now $42,995. The all-wheel drive standard range select is $45,995. Those vehicles dropped in price by $3,000. 
The California Route 1 all-wheel drive extended range is now $56,995, which is down $1,000. The premium rear-wheel drive standard range is $46,995, down $4,000. And the premium all-wheel drive standard range is now $49,995, down $4,000. And then the GT all-wheel drive extended range is now $59,995, down $4,000. So Ford said that they weren't going to do any price cuts, and it turns out they are. They're feeling the pressure from Tesla. Honestly, I don't think these price cuts are going to last very long. Just based on listening to these earnings calls, based on what we've heard, the auto manufacturers that aren't named Tesla are feeling a lot of financial pressure in their EV divisions, or if they're an EV company, they're just feeling pressure. And as they try to ramp up their supply and their manufacturing, they're feeling the pressure of these low EV prices on their bottom line. All right, enough of my blah, blah, blahs. Let's move on. Neo has begun deliveries of the EC7 coupe style SUV. I don't know why they call it a coupe-style SUV. I'm pretty sure it's called a crossover, but I've heard other manufacturers say this as well. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway, they're delivering the EC7 in China, and Europe is on the way in just a few months. The vehicle has LiDAR, a 16-inch infotainment screen. It comes in a 75-100 or 159-kilowatt-hour battery pack configuration, That'll give it a range of 304 miles, 395 miles, and 584 miles of range. Now, if you think that's amazing, it is. But take those numbers with a grain of salt, because not every government regulatory agency measures the range the same way. And China tends to measure range on the higher side rather than the lower side. So that 159 kilowatt hour battery is probably going to have a pretty amazing range, but it's unlikely to be 548 miles. The EC7 will start at 70,000 US dollars. And just a fun fact here that has nothing to do with the EC7, but has everything to do with NEO. NEO has delivered 37,699 vehicles in 2023. All right, that is it for our EV news this week. And before we move on to our Tesla news, I have patrons to thank. And we're going to start with our oldest Patreon supporters and work our way to the newest Patreon supporters. And those include James, Mark, Nate, Don, Dale, Chris, Chip, Ryan, Tommaso, Rolando, Elon Muskie, Bruce C., Jessica Kirsch, youtube.com forward slash Jessica Kirsch, Howard, Isaiah, Bruce W., Steve, Jeffrey, Jerbo, Joseph, Friendly Sleet 66, Andrew, Alan, Alex, Stephen, Christopher, Don, Mo Cowbell, Dave, Jamie Harris, Chris, Gene, and Scott. Thank you all so much for continuing to support this show. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. If you would like to join these folks, all you got to do is look in the show notes and you'll find different ways to support the show there. All right, let's move on to our Tesla news. There's, there's not a lot of really exciting news this week. There's a lot of news, 
but there's not a lot of substance behind that news. So let's go ahead and jump in here. The base Model 3 does not qualify for the full EV tax credit. So if, you, if you're in the United States, you buy the base Model 3, you're going to get $3,750. However, if you lease the vehicle instead of buying it, you can take advantage of the full $7,500 tax credit. Pretty interesting. Also interesting is you can no longer order the Model S or X in the following countries, Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, Singapore. We don't know why. If you've noticed, those are all right-hand drive countries, and they're all relatively in the same part of the world. So we don't know why this is happening, but it is. Tesla claims that the Model Y all-wheel drive is the most efficient SUV ever, which is great news, except it isn't. Tesla also produces a Model Y rear-wheel drive in China, Canada, and probably some other countries. And that vehicle, according to the United States EPA, is the actual most efficient SUV ever. So there you go. Moving on, Tesla says the average uptime for their supercharger network is 99.95%. I'm going to ask the Tesla owners around the world, does this ring true to you? Has this been your experience? Email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Tesla has stopped building Megapacks in Nevada. They're moving their Megapack production from Giga Nevada to Lathrop, California. And, of course, they're building Megapacks in Shanghai, China, soon. I think next year is when that is going to be happening. So what is Tesla going to use with all that extra space at Giga Nevada? Well, it sounds like they're going to build 4680 cells there. This is a press release from Tesla or an official statement on something from Tesla. Located less than an hour from South Lake Tahoe, Giga Nevada is one of the world's highest volume plants for electric motors, energy storage products, vehicle powertrains, and batteries, producing billions of cells per year. Now we're continuing to grow Giga Nevada with two new facilities, a 100 gigawatt hour 4680 cell factory and their first high volume semi factory. So there you go. Tesla's also building a lithium lab in Sparks, Nevada as well. And while we're at it, we might as well do one more boring Tesla story. Tesla's leased a warehouse in Marysville, Washington. It's in and around the Puget Sound area. From what I understand, the warehouse will be a 245,000 square foot facility or space, I guess. The question is, will Tesla build stuff there or are they just going to store inventory there? Because I'll be honest with you, 245,000 square feet isn't all that big. Like Amazon warehouses are like a million square feet. What do you think they're going to do? Email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Tesla has re-released the Model 3 long range, and it now comes with LFP batteries. The range will be 325 plus miles, according to the website. It'll be all-wheel drive. It'll qualify for half the tax credit if you buy it. However, I'm sure if you lease it, you'll get the full tax credit like the standard range Model 3. Let's see here. Zero to 16, 4.2 seconds, a starting price of $47,240, and it'll be available for delivery in June if you order now. Um, At least it was yesterday when I read it. 
I'm really glad that they brought back the Model 3 long range. Um, I think it's going to make it very difficult for other auto manufacturers to compete at that price with that range. 325 plus miles, right around $47,000. Let's just go back to our Ford story real quick. The the all-wheel drive Mach-E Select, the base model, is $45,995. So about a a little more than $1,000 less expensive than the Model 3, and it only comes with 250 miles or excuse me, 226 miles for the all-wheel drive. So, yeah, that's that's going to be difficult for Ford to compete on in terms of what you get. Like, some people are going to buy it just because it's a Ford and they like the Mach-E and they don't like Tesla for whatever reasons. And I think that's fine. But for folks looking to get the most for their money, the Model 3 is really compelling at that price and range. Next up, somebody found three brand new, untouched Tesla Roadsters, the original Roadsters, in shipping containers in China. These things have not been touched or seen since 2010. Somehow they were stacked away in some yard and I don't know, I don't know if they got lost. I don't know what happened here. I'd like to know the full story on this. But Gruber Motors, which is a company here in, in, in the United States and in Arizona, they refurbish these Tesla Roadsters. They are shipping these things back to the United States to get a full technical review. And if they need any repairs, they're going to do those. And then they're going to sell them. I really need to get over to the Gruber Motors folks and get an interview done. That would be really fascinating. Here's a little follow-up on last week's story where the investors wrote a letter to Tesla's board saying that they would like Elon to either spend more time on Tesla or basically for the board to find a new CEO. And then they had some other demands. Former Tesla president John McNeil addressed these concerns on MSNBC's Squawk Box. So I'm going to play a clip and then we're going to come back and talk about it. What do you make of this whole idea of these shareholders? We've had a bunch of them even come on the program now yeah. and sign this letter saying, look, you're doing too much, Elon. It's just too much. What do you think of that? I don't think he's all that uh, distracted away from the business. Like on the earnings call, he was answering questions at a really deep level, like on how the C++ neural nets work. Right. Like he is, he's involved and he has always had a lot going on, but he, he is incredible at managing his schedule and staying involved on the key, uh, the absolutely key topics. Uh, and you see like they, they are still delivering more cars than they've ever delivered. I think anybody in the car business would love a 36 comp right. on a quarter. And he's got a lot of margin to play See, with. Uh, by the way, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. What I can't figure out is, it, let's say he was paying more attention. What, what, what would the result what would you be? Do? Yeah, what would you do about the general economic uh, uh, environment? Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, and because they've got a lot of margin, they're using that as a weapon. Uh, and uh, even though they cut prices six times this year, they still in the first quarter delivered more margin than anybody else in the industry. Are you a believer, though, that there is this other issue, which is, you know, he's made a lot of promises to not just the shareholders, but frankly, the customers who bought the vehicles thinking that they're getting autonomous driving, right. full self-drive, all sorts of different component parts of the, the product that have not come to fruition. 
I say that somewhat politely because I do know some owners of these cars that are like genuinely upset because they think they were sold a bill of goods. Yeah, I think he's he is good at delivering eventually on promises, but not on time on his promises. And that's got to be frustrating for customers. And I think now you see competition coming both on the EV side and on the autonomous vehicle side. Right. And I think they're feeling that competition for sure. But what you, one of the things you heard this year was he said, look, by the end of this year, I think we're going to have full autonomous driving. We're, and that's where we're going to make it up on the margin. Right. Yes. He, think, he yeah. thinks that he's saying, look, we'll take a lower margin today because I'm going to be able to really get margin later. Right. And I think there's some investors at, le- at minimum who are saying, are you really going to be able to get margin later? Because A, there's all of these other car companies that are doing EVs that are going to try to take your margin. And B, is this full self-driving thing, robo-taxis, and all the, all the ways you think you're capturing this margin in the future, is that, is that a realistic future? Yeah, I think that's what he's asking you to believe as an investor is, can you make this up in the future with software, uh, software revenues and other revenues that right. are going to come in off the car? That's what you're being asked to believe as an investor. And I'm asking you what, where you would land on that. I think, uh, I think the market is kind of speaking on that. I think in, in the long term, this is a huge market. They're a market leader. They've got market leading margins. Uh, and so as an investor, you're investing into a space that could be 10 times larger, right. literally in five years than it is today. So even with, but as an automobile company or as this other thing, because right now it's still to capture this type of valuation, yes. even, even this valuation, you have to believe it's something else. That's right. Uh, because they're valued at 10x their competition. And right. So you've got to believe that there's something else. And that competition is coming now with autonomous vehicles. Like, okay, but so you, you used to work with this guy, you know. Yeah. So is there something else? There is, there is a lot of capability to deliver margins off of that, uh, off of that platform, those cars. But uh, GM's got a very similar strategy and a very similar capability, and others do too. Right. So this space becomes more crowded, I have for one sure. one question about, not the distraction piece, but the ecosystem that is Elon, which is to say, one of the things you keep hearing about is, so he's, he has Twitter. He's now talking about doing generative AI. He's got SpaceX. There is this sense that, and he owns Twitter outright, as a, a private company, Twitter, Tesla, public company, SpaceX, private company, but lots of investors in there. Yeah. He does move these engineers around from place to place to place to place to help in specific moments. There was a period of time where we heard that a lot of Tesla engineers were showing up on the doorstep of Twitter to try yeah. to assess what's really happening. Folks at SpaceX, now that now in the whole generative AI situation, how that's and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of AI folks inside Tesla that he's going to want to use in other places. How should a shareholder feel about that? In the in the sort of normal context, there would be people who'd say, "No, no, no, you, yeah, that guy works for for you over here. He does not work for you over here." It drives, believe it or not, some massive breakthroughs. There are there are SpaceX uh, metal uh, metallurgy engineers, uh, materials engineers who've really transformed the way the Model Y gets produced. Right, and so you get these big breakthroughs by moving that talent and context switching them. So yeah, I can understand one side of the story where investors are upset. Uh, the other side of the story that doesn't really get told is how much value they add back to Tesla uh, as they come in and help. All right. So it's pretty clear that McNeil disagrees with the board there. Um, he had, I think, pretty nice things to say about Elon overall. He did criticize Elon on making promises and not really delivering on that. That could be frustrating for customers um, and investors as well. 
But overall, he thinks that the talent sharing between Tesla and Twitter and SpaceX is really good. Um, I would even add the boring company into that. So, yeah, overall, uh, pretty interesting to hear what he had to say as a former Tesla president. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. If you want to email me, you can. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. And, yeah, that's it. I will talk to you all on Tuesday where we'll have Ford's Q1 2023 earnings call. All right, everybody, thanks so much. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>